My full name is Kay Marion Bryan and Air and Earth began at the beginning of 1998. So how did Air and Earth start? Well, uh, for me, Air and Earth started when uh, Carmel, who was working in Sydney, contacted me. I was working in Canberra and told me of this idea that she was thinking of and um, would I take a look at it with her with the object of perhaps joining her Mm. in it. So it was new to me at that point and I was engaged in a, a diocesan ministry of being invited into parishes to assist the parishes to help their families in a family ministry like a run, run by the parish but assisted by the diocese. We helped parish councils organise programs for mm. families mm. and uh, sometimes I would actually go to a parish and run a parent effectiveness training course ah. and we got involved in the um, marriage preparation um, yes. Sessions yes, too I've, that the I've diocese was yes. running, yes. So uh, you've yeah, all various aspects of family life actually. Yeah. Yes, yes, which I was enjoying. I had been doing it for ten years, and uh, I discovered when Carmel put this idea to me that I was really ready, ready to leave it if I thought that this was something I would like to move on to. So what made you convinced that it was something you wanted to move on to? Well, Carmel had prepared a proposal, so she sent that across to me and I read it and we started to work on this proposal together then. I didn't have the same background as Carmel in biology, gardening, science But mine was a a people ministry, as it were. But um, that was where I began to learn and to take more notice, perhaps, of the way that the the ecological injustice that was happening on Mm. the planet and and in the world. And as I, I belonged to a religious order with Carmel that was based on justice and answering justice needs, uh, particularly in an educative way was our way of doing it, having been founded in Ireland uh, back in the 18th century. Mm. And so what Carmel had in the proposal there was a complete new ministry for us uh, within our religious congregation. And uh, I guess that appealed too, you know. Yes. yes, it's quite a, so, quite a like, challenge. A challenge and an adventure and mm. uh, we were both in our mid-50s. We had plenty of energy left mm. and, uh, and we're, we're both ready for something different also mm. if, if it presented itself, it seemed right. And so the next task then was to put it to all the sisters mm. and see whether they were prepared to get behind a venture like this, which was so different. And my memory is that it took us about 18 months of various assemblies with the sisters and presenting the proposal and talking to it and coming to Wagga also and finding out whether we would be reinventing the wheel, whether this would be really needed. Wagga presented itself as a good place for us to work 
well, we we were well known here. The the first sisters having arrived in eighteen seventy four. Yes. Yes. So so the presentation <laughs> sisters were well established. Yes, in Yes, that's right. And in education, in mm. in all the primary schools, all the Catholic primary schools in Wagga, and the um, Catholic secondaries. And also, if we were to do it on the corner of the Mount Aaron grounds, as Carmel envisaged, we were close to TAFE, to Wagga High, to the South Wagga Primary School. Mm. There were an enormous number of students, if, mm. if students were going to be a big part of it, just, just in that area. I haven't asked yet why mm, Wagga. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. Yes. yes. Well, um, that, that was really what was behind it. Mm. Um, Carmel was, was here one day. She was doing a permaculture course in Sydney at the time and uh, she was also needed to come to Wagga and do some work here. And she was up there at Mount Erin and looking down over this neglected corner of the site and thought that uh, she had the idea because she had to do her final project for the permaculture course that Dremoyne Council was running. Ah. And uh, so she was looking down on this corner and she envisaged the house, the solar passive house and garden, mm. uh, particularly devoted to natives and, and all the sustainable living features of it, mm. like growing veggies and having chooks and, and perhaps educating uh, educating the community mm. and that this was something that would be available for the whole community of Wagga. And the community partnerships that already existed seemed like it was um, a good place. Well, that's right, yes. Uh, we were known and trusted, um, you know, in, in places like the Wagga City mm. Council or the other schools, yeah, the whole school system, the university, the uh, very, even the various e- ecological or environmental works that were happening yes. around Wagga. I suppose it helps and, to have to be, <laughs> it helps to set up something like this in a community where you're already so trusted and, yes. and where, um, I mean, Wagga is, is a very big Catholic community yes. and the farming communities around it. It's a very strong culture. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And so, yes. and so the yes. people that make a lot of the people that make decisions that will help you run this garden have probably been taught by a presentation sister. Yes, yes, a, mm. a lot of the people, yes. Uh, Wagga had discovered its salinity problem at this same time and the, the council had wisely made it public, which a lot of places didn't apparently, and so the, the council was actually beginning an education program for people to help them to... Um, to grow vegetation, you know, chopped down over the years and, and so mm. forth and was mm. actually causing the water to rise as, ah. as it was. And so this, this was a particular area where it was happening because yes. of coming down from Willans Hill and then down across here oh. and then down towards Calvary Hospital where it was um, very bad. So you arrived here and get the community on board. Is this the first time that you lived in Wagga Cay or...? No, no, no. I'd, I'd actually taught in Wagga over the years yes. for a number of years 
And I'd also taught in a lot of the public schools too because I was what we call the scripture lady. Ah. <laughs> I was on the uh, what we call the motor mission at the time, going around to the uh, to the other schools in the town also. So, yes, I'd, I'd been here for a number of years, but at this particular time in my life I'd been away for about 20 years. I yeah, right. It was, yes. So it was... Uh, it was good to come back to Wagga. It's a busy city. It's it's a city with plenty of life. Yes, I, I enjoy it here. And um, and one of the ideas of Air and Earth was to concentrate on the urban area. Like the farmers, a lot of the farmers were already looking at the whole mm. ecological thing and how they could address it. And a lot of people in cities weren't quite there yet, remembering this was 25 years ago now. Yes, so we saw the need. So actually this site was perfect because, I mean, it is in the middle of Wagga. Yes. It's not on an agricultural block. It's not on anything like that. No. And and 25 years ago establishing a garden in an urban environment would have been very revolutionary. Yes, yes particularly um, in the way we were doing it, like we were making it very, very public, but but that we would be engaging with schools and, uh, Mm. yes, education right through really to adults. Yes, we'd both been engaged in adult education in our previous works Mm. and, um, yes, so... The, the beauty of the sisters unanimously accepting this proposal in the end was that what, what we asked for, that we would be freed from our jobs and our, our earning anything that went into the common coffers and that the sisters would keep us, in inverted commas, you see. And so we, we had a living ourselves and so we were able to live up in the um, Mount Aaron Convent mm that all of the older sisters that had were living there in that year, 1998, actually moved out mm. towards the end of that year into another site because that uh, building was coming too difficult for elderly people to live in. Mm. Carmel said that you were meant yeah. to live in the convent for a year, but in the end it was just <laughs> you and Carmel for five years. For <laughs> Tell me about that. I wonder how we could. <laughs> Well, Carmel was downstairs and I was upstairs. <laughs> she said you were at opposite ends yes, of the convent. Yes, we were. We were. And uh, we'd made, made for easier living together in a sense. Uh, yes. And, and, of course, we were getting used to working with each other. We hadn't uh, worked like this before mm. together. We'd been in a school together out at Hay and I think that's where our friendship really began uh, after after the novitiate time together, we had to learn, yeah, how we were going to live and work with one another, and um, we we talked about that and, and found it after that that it was rather an important thing for us to do because we're very different, but the work that we were doing is all about connections and relationships uh, with within the whole of creation. And, uh, and so we said to one another, well, if we can't do it, <laughs> we might as well give up. And so that, that was, but it was probably a good start there that we, we actually spent five years up there and um, up, up in that great big building. <laughs> Just the two of you rocking yes, around. <laughs> yes, yes. But 
I guess uh, you don't spend a lot of time at home in one sense when no. you're busy on a on a you know project like mm. like beginning what we call the Ecological Justice Resource Centre. Yes, yes, I said that before, <laughs> Ecological mm. Justice Resource Centre. And, and Carmel said how she, she was, you, you guys were convinced it needed a rebrand. Yes, it got to that point eventually, not for a while. Mm. But uh, yes, one of our uh, people particularly, you know, said to us, you, you've got to do something about that name. <laughs> it's such a mouthful. <laughs> uh, but... To my way of thinking, it explains what we were on about. What is ecological justice? Right. So ecological justice, as we understood it, was concerned with right relationships within the complex web connecting human beings with one another and with plants, animals and the elements of land, water and atmosphere and all that form our planet Earth. So it's about right relationships. Yes. And it was different for our religious congregation to move into the area of the plants and animals and land and water and atmosphere. We were uh, based on justice connecting human beings Mm. and now we wanted to broaden our vision to the whole ecological area. I mean, did you come across opposition in uh, to, to this broadening? Well, we, we came across, yeah, a fair bit of consternation, I suppose you'd say, at <laughs> a lot of people not quite understanding. Um, and I, I guess we'd had that, that time there of actually talking it through with the sisters and all their questions about mm. how would this work? Was, was it really needed? You know, what, was it the best way to go... Um, and, and what about moving into this whole new area? Uh, and so we did have uh, parents coming through and uh, I remember being asked at, at, at some stage, um, well, what, what are you two sisters doing growing veggies and not teaching my daughter religion? There, there was a lot of questioning and, and um, yes. And, of course, it wasn't the importance of this whole venture was clear to someone like Carmel, who's such a visionary, you know, but not to a lot of people at 25 years ago. It, it wasn't all that clear. No. I mean, were you perceived as just being a bit greeny? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. We were accused, what was it, of hanging on to Bob Brown's cottontails or something? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yes, that, and that, and that, 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 and that you a... were straying from your lane. That you should have just stuck yes. with what the yeah. presentation sisters were known for doing, which was yes. educating girls. Mainly educating, yes, the, the children anyway in, in this city. Yes, mm. uh, yeah, that's mm. right. Yes. So, yes, they hadn't got used to us actually doing different kinds of work, which we had done in Canberra and Sydney. We yes. were doing yeah, more adult work and, and, yes, different community work. I remember reading about and, and, and Carmel spoke about grassroots dreaming, so this concept of bringing together all the interested parties in mm. Wagga Wagga as an yeah. important way to begin the project. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes. Well, I, I found that uh, quite fascinating that the various communities of people that we contacted, would you be interested in coming uh, to a dinner or to a, a workshop and, um, and talking about this whole idea. 
and telling us what you think is needed. So all the the educative bodies in the town, the the, uh, the schools, the uni, and, and the uh, the tradespeople, the council, and all of the um, the other what you might call green groups who are already working in it, you know, like Landcare, Greening mm. Australia. Oh yes, and uh, and to have such a response, I think Carmel said seventy six. She did. I, I she th- did. Yes, yeah, she responded did. to that, and uh, oh, that that I, I found that a, a fascinating night. I, I really did. Why do you think it was so important to get the input of the community at the beginning? Well, I think we wanted to be sure that it went in the direction or directions that were actually answering needs rather than um, just going ahead with what we might have thought. And also it brought in the support of, of all those areas mm. because they were very encouraging uh, of the whole idea. So as a result of that, mm-hmm. like with the community and everything like that, where are we up to now? Like what happened next? The, All of the sisters signed off on the yes, project. You've yes. moved here. You've um, done grassroots dreaming. You've imagined the concept uh, with, the, with the community at its heart. What happens next? How do we take it from that to laying the first stone, as they say? Well, uh, it, it was interesting that um, we had worked out really how to go about the first three years. Okay. Tell me about that. And and so, ninety seven, which was the year the previous year, and so there was a lot of networking done. And yes, okay, we did visit Wagga, and we had an appointment with the mayor, and uh, he was very interested. And then put us on to his people mm. in in the council, who then introduced us to many of the, many of the other ah. uh, groups working in this area in the town. So, yes, there was a lot of preliminary work done. I took long service leave from my job in Canberra ah. and did a month's course to help prepare myself. It, it, it was a, a spirituality centre run by the Ursuline Sisters in the, the Hunter and it was called Tabka Farm. So it was a place where you you were helped to broaden your spirituality into this whole area of what was happening right over the planet and how it had all begun, the the universe story and and so forth. Yes, it blew my mind, I tell you. I was about to say, that's (laughs) phenomenal. Yes. Oh, yes, they were well ahead. And and so this was a month's course I did there Mm. um, where you had this wonderful mixture of the spiritual underpinnings of, of it all uh, which is really to do with just being in touch and looking after things and, and making sure that, that the um, relationships between everything are flourishing and, and, and everything's being nourished. And, and, I mean, this is what spirituality is. It's about mm. love. It's about mm. loving everything. And so I, I learned some of the things about farming and, and, and the earth and, and so forth, have, having grown up in a Sydney suburb myself and, and then was introduced to all this, uh, yes, new way of thinking. And it, it really fitted my growth in spiritual thinking at the time because I was really ready, you know, to be opened up <laughs> 
further and further, re- really ready for that. I, mm. I felt I was turned upside down at times. Yes, yes, different ways of thinking about God and spiritual things and, and so forth and just now being able to relate it to everything. Yes, it's a personal journey, yes. And it's still going on, of course, 25 years on. Being involved in Air and Earth, which I have been for the whole 25 mm. years, is, um, and I'm still on the board. Oh, <laughs> I'm, are I'm, you? I'm oh. the, elderly, <laughs> the elderly person on the board. Yeah, I'm, I'm still learning and still fascinated by it all and, and still wanting to help. And, um, yeah, so just it gives me life too. In those early days or even now, like what do you bring to Air and Earth? Like what's Mm. your kind of roles and responsibilities? Yes, well, I was more a support for Carmel, I think I'd say. Yes. My work had been more engaged in people Mm. and so, and I'm a people person and uh, I I also had had experience in administration and uh, so I was able to help in the administrative side of Mm. things and and some of the networking, and and perhaps really, I I think the support that I could offer was probably the best thing that that I could offer the whole mm. project. Mm. The support to Carmel because it it can be pretty lonely if if you feel, you know, you're doing such a different thing mm. and such an unexpected thing for for a lot of people. Uh, and and of course we're both teachers in our background, and so I was able to help too with the the educating the teaching the 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 some of the talks that we gave at the rotary clubs or wherever it was so in order to do that this I see that that was your real thing too like you're a people person so you really understood that you needed to engage the people yes um, Yes. bring them along with you Mm. how were the responses to your first kind of rotary talks and all those kind of things well, yes, to my way of um, judging the, the situation, people listened and they heard it and they responded. Like uh, Rotary Clubs then uh, supported us financially mm. or, or in other ways. Parents and friends mm. ha- helped us. Yeah, and lots of the, the town's business people Carmel has the real gift of going asking people. <laughs> and, it's a real gift, and isn't so, it? <laughs> oh, absolutely. You have no idea what it brought about <laughs> because we didn't have funding initially. I mean, I noticed that too. Like I liked when Carmel said you guys just opened up the telephone book and, and wrote to every single male um, yes. male um, religious Catholic, order. Uh, yeah, re- re- yes. religious order. It's the art of the ask. That's right. Isn't it? Oh, she's good at it. <laughs> Yes. Do you think that um, that people can be taught that, or do you think that it has to be born in you? Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know about that. I. I uh, well, it was certainly born in her, so it didn't have to be born in me. I just said yes, go for it, <laughs> and I'll be here when you come home. <laughs> Who do you see as the main people that helped you at the start? Certainly. Not sure if they're called the Riverina, the, the, the public school education, environmental education centre. Oh, yeah, yes. I think they're called the Riverina Education Centre. Mm. They, they were helpful uh, to us. We, we visited them and, and saw what they were doing. The uni was helpful. Mm. We got in touch with people at the uni engaged in this work. 
the schools, yes, and a lot of the teachers were interested mm. in it and were prepared to begin. And there yeah. were the, the tradespeople who, who came and brought their machinery in mm. and um, did a lot of that, yes, earthwork and, and so forth. It, it's incredible, yes. What do you remember of the day it opened? Tell me about opening day. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we were worried about whether it was going to rain. <laughs> oh, dear, because we had it all set up in the, the Mount Aaron Garden there, down near the Grotto, actually, and uh, which is a good, a lovely area for people to be seated and to see something happening. But, um, oh, yes. So in, in the end, we were able to go ahead. Uh, yes, we had Christine Milne. I think Carmel had met her along the way mm. and, um, yes, very impressive lady. And what do you remember feeling on that day? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, on of course, the sisters were there, of course. Like I, I, The sisters were people oh, I yeah. should have mentioned along the way as wonderful support. Mm. All, always have, have supported us. They've come to things. They came and helped at the gate on open days and, and things like this. But anyway, this, this is back a bit. But they were there for the opening and uh, it was September and it got very cold and rainy and I remember seeing them sitting sitting along trying to keep one another warm. <laughs> but um, uh, it, I think I felt, oh, wow, wow, this has really happened and, and this is going to take off and... Um, I couldn't really envisage all that has happened, you know, but um, uh, it, it was a, a feeling of pride, I think, and, and a gladness of being involved in something that I believed in so much and, the, and that I felt was a, a real need mm. being answered. Oh, yes, wonderful feelings that day. And it was nine years in the making, really, from 19, well, eight years, yeah. 1998 to the opening in September in 2006. That's a long and patient journey. What sustained you to keep you going through those nine years? I think I, I felt, what's that feeling about being fulfilled? You know, partaking in something that's really worthwhile and that you really want to be doing, even though you often feel you don't know much about it and you're still learning. And also, my own spiritual journey, which is very important to me, and, and I'm not putting that forward as something that's just a me and God thing, my, my spiritual journey of being totally involved in, in, in the earth, in, uh, in, in everything that, that was happening. And, and just to see that opening up, uh, opening up to that. And, um, and the, the day that I stepped out and and the uh, that beautiful silver princess tree there that that was uh, flowering away beautifully and it it just kind of struck me and I thought oh I'm connected with all this and now I'm feeling it as I've never felt it before so I think it was those kind of things you know, the, the seminars we went to, the conferences we went to, all the learning that we did along the way and to have the, the sisters behind us in all that, mm. you know, that, that that was able to happen. Do you want to say anything else about your favourite spot mm. in the garden? Yes, well, look, um, 
uh, Carmel has begun these uh, what's called um, Soul Space Saturdays mm. uh, on every fourth Saturday now and um, I, I've been to them and the second one, I think it was about, it was a couple of months ago anyway and it was a beautiful day. In, in the time, the 35 minutes or so we had where we were just walking around the garden or meditating in the garden or just sitting, I went around the other side of the dam and I found myself looking across at the top of the Silver Princess and it was silver. The sun was shining through it and I'd never looked at it like that before. And I thought to myself, well, there's your favourite spot, there's your favourite tree and it really is silver and and how often, Kay, have you sat in this garden and just drunk in the beauty of it and, and really and really felt it as you're feeling it at this moment, you know, 25 years later? Uh, it, it just struck me that I haven't done enough of that. And so anyway, as, I, as I'm ageing now, I, I'm maybe going to get some more time to do it. <laughs> Well, I, I remember when you said after the opening, you said, and you know, like 2006 and you're sitting there and you're thinking, you know, and then all the all these things that are to come. So tell me some of the real highlights that have yes. happened okay. at Air and Earth. Look, there for years there we had um, an open day once a month on, on a Saturday and just to see loads and loads of people coming through the gate and having a look around and, and seeing, oh, I could plant that. I, I could, yeah, I could grow that at home. And then we, we, we were growing plants for people to take home and, and plant and so forth. And I, and I think particularly in the, the early part of it, there was that seven years drought. Ooh. And um, we discovered that was the Eremophila plant that really survived that so well. And, um, and so people were taking that home and, and growing oh. it and... and uh, Yes, and of course the veggie garden had begun and uh, people were seeing how, how they could set up veggie gardens, particularly if you're an older person and mm. you just build it a bit higher and so forth. And um, there were all sorts of workshops on no-dig gardens and so forth and of course all this was fairly new to me, you know, I was fascinated with it all. <laughs> and then the, the school classes coming in and having time with the kids and their excitement uh, and just a, a whole different way of, you know, opening up that world mm. to them. And, ah, uh, oh, yes. And, I mean, remembering back to my own childhood, which was spent in my backyard, was bushland in a Sydney suburb. And and I think relating to that too and just feeling that excitement and, and just how wonderful that is. And then we, we had um, book clubs. We had people oh. coming and, yes, and we'd, we'd read some wonderful stuff about all this, you know, ecological stuff and how you can respond to it and, and what it means in your life and so forth. And, and so we had people sharing that. Um, I, I was with a group of people and we ritualised the every season, all the seasons of the year, and we had a lovely time mm-hmm. doing that when the, when the seasons came around. We followed um, other people have prepared sessions or rituals that you can uh, that fit our climate mm, in this mm. southern part of the hemisphere. Mm. And so we, we were following those and um, 
I was thinking about it the other day because we're now in winter and, and starting to, to feel that. And, and what did we used to think about when we, we stopped doing them now, but when we did those rituals around winter, uh, for example, and, and I think I, I remembered back to this is the time when you more go into yourself and, and there's, you enter into the darkness and, and you accept that part of life and, and you, yes, ah. yeah, because the, um, the earlier darkness, mm. and, and this is actually the shortest day of the year today, and so this would have been a day that we were doing this, the, the winter solstice, yes. you see. Yes, so this would have been an uh, important would have been ritual. A, a celebra- this was an important ritual and, and, a, and a celebration of what this brings into your life, that, that you are more engaged in the, in, I would you say the interior, the inside? Yes, because it's almost forced upon you. Mm. <laughs> yes. Mm. And just how wonderful that is and it can be. Do all these programs that have run through Air and Earth, do they help represent the kind of social justice element? When we look at the destruction that's happening around the planet, then what that is causing a lot of people, you know, the poverty, the, the starvation, the way people are having to live and, um, yes, there's enormous amount of social justice in it. And, and I mean, the whole welfare uh, side of things mm. came in early in, in the, um, when we began what was the Ecological Justice Resource Centre and... Uh, not not long into it, actually, we had a call from the um, uh, the, the chap who, who ran the parole office and, and who had people wanting to do community service or, um, yes, do a number of hours and so forth and came and asked, would we mm. take people? And uh, and so all, almost immediately we entered in, into this, this mm. whole side of things too. And currently, I mean, the... the um, the Karajong, the, the, the leisure company, mm. they, they come ah, and they, they? Uh, yes. And I, I think what I haven't mentioned mm. um, so far is, is the Indigenous area of, of, and how important that had become, uh, particularly within the uh, religious order that we both are in. Uh, we had for some years had a great deal of interest in, you know, what was happening for our Aboriginal people and how could we respond to that and how could we help and and, and how could we learn some more ourselves. And and that's another thing that, that Air and Earth has, has always had um, a, as an aim, an openness mm. to to learning from the, these uh, Wiradjuri people and who who looked after the land for thousands and thousands of years and and looked after the land we're on, mm. air and earth on. Yes, yeah, so we've had contact all along with with numbers of our Indigenous yes, people. Yes, right. And, um, yeah, and so that's that's also been adding to my spiritual journey a great deal. What Carmel was saying about cosmology and, you know, the web that it's a web, mm. not a triangle. Like that that seems to me like, well, I mean, what Indigenous culture has always had is that 
we're all part of the web. Exactly plants, right. Plants, animals. That's, that's right. Mm. Their way of, of thinking, living, mm. feeling, and that there's, um, that's, that's how it is. It's so connected. Mm. It's so connected to the land and, and the, um, oh, so connected to everything, mm. to all of life. Yes. I think that's important that you added that in because we haven't really talked about that. Oh, right. So that's really it important really that that's covered very, off, actually. Very important. Um, obviously, I'll us. cut out that part, uh, <clears throat> not like the bit with yes, the noise and yes. stuff. So you've talked about all the programs and the activities. What's been your real favourite kind of program that's run at Erin Earth? I, I think it's um, just thinking of, of who I am. It's really the engagement with people and the children and the the soil, the garden. It's really all all the different things we've done that allow that kind of engagement and connection to take place. And I I don't know if I can pick out any particular one, Mm. actually, at, at this point in time anyway. What do you see as the top two or three achievements of Erin Earth? I think the achievement of... Belonging to the community, the wider community and, and engendering community in the, um, uh, the volunteers that like there, there are weekly volunteers who come into the garden and there are volunteers on the board, in committees and I, I think it's, it, it's the relationships, yeah, that really being conscious of... Uh, the community, the, yes, and, mm. and bringing, that's an achievement that I, I think is, is important. Being connected with um, places like the, the council, the schools, the um, uh, peop- other people who are working towards all of this, like it's the partnerships, if you like, with others working towards this same goal. Mm. Of, of trying to, yes, br- bring about this whole thing of being connected and how, how much life that brings us and, um, and how we can actually do that. So I think that's, that's another thing. And then maybe a, a third thing, I think it would have to be the excitement of children and, and uh, <laughs> just, um, just watching Yes, how, how children, you know, run all over the place and how they, they just love this, this and that part of it and then they, they love talking about what they've come across or what they've seen or, um, mm. yes, and then, then reading some of their things. If they happen to be a school group and they've gone back and they've written down what they learnt or they've drawn a picture of it <laughs> or something, yes, just, just reading through what it has meant for them, yes. Mm. And knowing that that's also going home. And I've got one more question before we bring in Carmel. So you're still on the board. Yes. So what's your yes. role on the board? I'm a director of, of the board. And um, up until this year, for the last couple of years, I'd, I'd been on the board exec, which which kind of drives the board and drives the, the whole thing. So... So it really is the, the, the work of the board is uh, now that um, Air and Earth is independent of the mm. sisters except for finance, so thank God the, the sisters are still uh, financing 
air and earth. It we is. work independently yep. now, yes. So that um, the the board directors are really responsible. We're re- really mm. legally mm. responsible for the place. And um, but um, I, I'm I'm aware of that, but that's not what I just love being on the board and and um, and and I I find because of my uh, historical experience with it, and that 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 I'm often able to be helpful, mm. just knowing what's happened all along the way, and and also um, I I love to contribute in our reflection time. We we always have reflection time at our our board meetings because it tunes us into what we're really on about. Mm. Yeah, and. People do beautiful things, you know. Like what one of our board members went um, went on a holiday to say Central Australia and took all these wonderful photos, and then did the reflection on that when oh. it came back, and you know showed us and 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 so we could imbibe all the all the beauty of that. Yes. Yeah, so recently, I I did something for the board on um, uh, Laudato Sea, which is the the, the Pope's. Um, in, in cyclical on oh, yes. on the whole in, environmental area and how we need to respond. Is there anything else that you want to say separately about the setup or anything before I, I bring in Carmel? And I did want to say that they asked me to be the volunteer profile in, in one of the newsletters last mm. year. And so I wrote down all the things I love about still being involved in it. One of the things was I love being joined with my presentation sisters in our common desire expressed in the way that we've, what we've put in our last time we all gathered together to set our directions for the next five years. That was in 2019. So we're still in that. And what we wrote was or decided was uh, we own our responsibility as presentation women to live sustainably in the face of the global climate crisis. Individually and as a congregation, we are called to take action for change where human decisions, in particular political and corporate, are threatening our planet's capacity to support life. One of our actions flowing from this call is the continued support of air and earth.